1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. We are back and better than ever, and I hope for you that you stop listening right before we got to the lock of the week last week because otherwise we had a fantastic week other than the, what do we call it, rotten sushi, Chris, that is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Greg, you had said that we will bet against the Dolphins every single game this season blind. We went against that, and so from now on, we will bet against the Dolphins every single game this season blind. That is a uh, an oath. How,
2: how are you doing, gentlemen? Get back to the principles. Yes, yes. Very well. Have it.
1: Oh, boy. All right. So uh, with that, let's just get right to it, because it's always better that way. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Uh, there's a big issue in this one. We're dealing with a catastrophic loss uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Guys, who wants to, who wants to take this one first?
2: Yeah, I'll uh, start this one off. So basically, I like the three points to begin with. When you're dealing with two bad teams, I can't really tell which which team is uh, worse. Since he's going to come off the, the short week here, I think that'll negate the cross-country travel. Uh, but really, any sort of galvanizing event like the death of an owner um, – going to play inspired football everyone's going to rally around you know it's kind of one of those um you know enthusiasm win one for the owner type of situations so you know coming from a guy who can't stand the movie rudy i do uh, <laughs> believe in in these type of uh you know energy and enthusiasm philosophies in a game just like if there's any sort of you know, adverse event or or strange uh, travel for a team with with multiple road games. Um, I like these type of bring bring the team together type of events where I'm sure they've been, you know, sharing a lot of feelings this week, and and really uh, going to come out and, you're, and wait, so you're you're we, really bringing you're
1: bringing sharing feelings into into a football pick. The,
2: these, cool. these, these these guys are going to get they're going to get close from this, and mm-hmm. and they've they, they've got a communal effort going on right now. So, a couple of injuries on the the wide receivers for the Cardinals, but there's also injuries from uh, on the Bengals side of things, losing John Ross. So again, it's not strictly the galvanizing events I'm getting three or if you got it early you get it at three and a half right so if I get three and a half going on a bad team against another bad team I'll take the points
1: fair enough Chris what are your thoughts
2: uh I agree with everything Greg
0: said on this one and I'm gonna the, the biggest angle on this game is definitely the win one for the Gipper angle uh the owner passing away is definitely going to galvanize them if you remember when uh Giants had an owner passed away. They came out and they blew somebody out by uh, put a 40 burger up on the border and and took care of business. that's usually the way it goes. Not to mention the red rifle, Andy Dalton. Lately, that guy's more like a pink water gun.
1: So uh, <laughs> never
0: never backing that, not backing that guy anytime soon. Uh,
1: I like it. I like it. All right, listen, guys, I can't argue with the pick. I think John Ross has been the only thing that the uh, Bengals offense has had going for them at all this season. So I think missing him is going to be obviously a big loss. And I think when you're coming off that game, if they couldn't get up for a division game against the Steelers, uh, where they have their backup quarterback in. That game wasn't even close, and that's going to be your most competitive game of the year. I, I look at them as basically just packing it in at this point. Um, and like you said, the Cardinals have something to play for, uh, and and you know they still have a little bit more hope with that rookie quarterback. So I'll go with them and, and say they're trending up. Well, if it's possible, the Bengals are trending down. Toward the Dolphins uh, at the rock bottom of the league. All right. So the next game on our slate the New England Patriots are laying 15 and a half as they visit the Washington Redskins. Chris, you're on the Pats in this one.
0: uh Yeah. I like the Pats here this week. Uh, these big point spreads uh, haven't been fairing well for us lately, and they uh, they scam me a little bit. But I mean, you got to just uh, call a spade a spade here. Um, The Washington Redskins played the Giants last week, okay? The Giants' defense uh, is atrocious. It's abominable. Uh, I've seen them in person, live (laughs) at a game, and I'm telling you that defense is lost. They don't have talent. um, They don't have schemes. They're lost, okay? And they look like world beaters against uh, Washington. Pick sixes, this and that. What's going to happen when they play the Patriots and Bill Belichick, okay? They they are going to just completely shut them down, Okay? It um, hasn't been set in stone yet what quarterback they're going with. I'd be shocked if they're not going with the with the rookie. Uh, I figured once you put your toe in that water and bring him in, it's hard to put him right back to the bench.
1: I want to talk about that for a second because what a they're, bad uh, – Jay Gruden is a, is a terrible coach, and man, did he just prove it last week. Could you have put brutal. your quarterback in in a worse situation?
0: Yeah, no, that's brutal. You can't do that to a kid. That's brutal. And now they're kind of committed where I think they're going to have to bring him back and now you're going in your second game up against Belichick and the Patriots, and you got no help anywhere on that squad. How the how the Patriots don't win this game by by, by three scores is mind boggling. Now they're bringing in Nugent as their kicker because Gostowski's down for the year. So what does that tell you? Belichick got a kick. He's yeah. going to pump it in the end zone all day long. He ain't going to want to play around with that.
1: That's Especially a really guy I love Especially that Nugent take.
0: Comes and misses an early kick. Nugent Nugent comes in early, misses an early kick. They'll just score touchdowns all week. They'll cut Nugent and go get somebody else after the game. I, so I really love like-
1: that. That is an awesome yeah. take. Just thinking about the fact that Guskowski's not going to be out uh, out there, and so maybe he's a little less he's, he's a little more hesitant to kick. They go for it on a fourth mm-hmm. and short. They push the ball a little bit more than they used to, and that's definitely Belichickian uh, to do Absolutely. something like that.
0: And, and Nugent's been cu- Nugent's been cut from his seven last places. Was he going to come to the Patriots all of a sudden and be a great kicker? I mean, he he he's probably. He's, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then, on top of all that, you know, I'm looking at the at the numbers. Um, and since 1980, the skins are three and 22 when they're underdogs of 10 points or more. So that that's those are big, big swing numbers in our favor. The Pats are 15 and five straight up uh, against the NFC since 2014, and they're 25 and 0, 25 and 0. Uh, under Belichick, straight up when favored by 14 or more, and 10-0 and 0 straight up and 8-2 and 2 against the spread when favored by 14 or more in the last five years. Those are dominating, dominating numbers. Wow. That with a rookie quarterback with a terrible, terrible Washington team. Uh, it's just hard not to take the Pat's landing points
1: here. I got a question for you guys, Greg, because I know there's a play that you like in, in this too, and we'll get to that in just a second. But when you win the Super Bowl, you're put, supposed to have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL the next year, right? This year, the Patriot, the Patriots will have played in their first five games the Washington Redskins, the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Jets with a third-string quarterback. Does it get any easier than that in your first five games and look obviously Pittsburgh not what they used to be this year
2: uh, they, they have the Redskins now the Giants next week and then the jets so it's not it's not changing any either I, and so this is this is weird <laughs> yeah. Dude, Weird. Oh, That's a good way to put it, Greg. Right? Yeah, I, I can't explain
1: it. This is pretty pretty brutal. All right. With that being said, uh, fifteen and a half is a lot of points, Greg. You you have a play in this game, not, not necessarily on the Pats though.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, very similar to two weeks ago, um, the same type of game that it was against the Jets, right? So two weeks ago, we talked about how we don't see the Jets scoring. The only reason some people would have pushed with that at an under forty four would have been the uh, the two spotted touchdowns that they gave the Jets so same type of um, you look at one of the worst defenses for the Giants probably bottom bottom 5 easily the Patriots are top 3 on D I don't see how the Redskins score unless the Patriots bottom two touchdowns which I don't see is going to happen so you know 31 to 6 31 to 7 34 to 7 Uh, I like, I like the under on this and just take the air out of the ball, run the ball down the field. If they're not kicking field goals, you know, that's, that's a good way to eat five minutes off the clock, give the ball back on the 25 to the other team, keep three points off the board. Right. Or if they're not efficient at kicking field goals, those three points can make a difference. So, I I like
1: that. The one thing I worry about here is defensive <laughs> touchdowns by the Patriots and them yep. going and putting yep. on one of those like 54-7 to 7 games or 54-3 to 3 games, which I feel like they do once or twice a year. Um, so it, it, that could be interesting. I, I think the fact that you saw Belichick try and uh, get Brady some rest, uh, bringing in the quarterback, the rookie quarterback from Auburn, for that one play, and he throws the pick six. Yeah, that's
0: not happening on the that's No. Not, that's not happening on the that was a that was a quick
1: project. Yeah, I I think that was that was pretty interesting. And forgive me, I can't think of his name right now, but he's probably the quarterback of the future. Stidham, Stidham, yes, Jared Stidham. Stidham. Thank you.
0: And I, and I like I like I like Greg's uh, take on the under, but uh, I'm telling you, if he puts in Nugent early, Nugent misses a kick, big kick, small kick, any kind of kick, you know what Belichick's gonna do? He's gonna steer away, and they're gonna start pumping in touchdowns and. I wouldn't be surprised they put up for
1: it. All right. Well, listen, with that being yeah. said, we're talking a lot about the Giants in that game and how they looked against the Washington Redskins. So I'll go with my favorite pick of the week. I've been riding the Giants the last couple of weeks. I am backing up the truck against them this week as they take on the Minnesota Vikings. They are getting – that's the big uh, Brinks truck that's backing up that's going to go against the, against the Giants this week. Uh, Vikings giving five on the road here, but – I think you guys said it. That Giants defense right now is getting a lot of praise. Talking about how much they've improved. Daniel Jones even getting a lot of praise. In my opinion, he didn't look that good against Washington. He... thank you.
0: He threw two picks. You ain't you ain't throwing two picks against Minnesota or a good defense and surviving.
2: He got away with those two picks. And was not Washington only that, he made a some other of
1: mistakes in that game that I think he got away with. Uh, and and the Giants' defense scored seven of those points, let's not forget, with uh, Peppers, Jabril Peppers obviously bringing one back for a touchdown there. So they only put up really 17 points in that. Uh, one was on the first drive, and that was even as the Redskins seemed a little bit deflated toward the end of that game uh, when Haskins was throwing, was throwing was turning the ball over as well there. So this week I think their defense absolutely gets exposed for how bad they are in the secondary, especially with all the talk this week. I don't know if you noticed or heard, Kirk Cousins apologizing to Adam Thielen for not getting him the ball enough. I think this is the... Oh, this is the perfect week to do it, though. You... You apologize, and then this week, here's my I love agree. letter to you, Adam Thielen, from Kirk Cousins, in the form of a 10-catch day. I'm going over on the number of catches for Adam Thielen. I think he and Stephon Diggs put up huge numbers this week off of play action especially, and I don't think the Giants will be able to stop the run. Also, Minnesota's defense is still really good. Everybody talking about you know how they lost to the Bears, you're getting them. You're buying really low right now. The Bears, as you said last week, Chris, their defense is all-world. I think this is the perfect spot for Minnesota to get back on track. I think Giants come back to earth a little bit here, and I think they win this by 10 or more easy, the Vikings, on the road. Your thoughts, gentlemen?
0: And Like I said last week, I thought the the Bears' defense was the difference in that game last week. Um, Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm not... As confident as Kirk Cousins turning that corner this week as you are, so uh, that scares me. But if they make him a game manager this week and uh, use that play action off the run, the Giants aren't stopping the run. So when the Giants commit to stop the run, maybe he can, can use that play action and open them up. Uh, but I think the defense is just going to be too much uh, for um, the rookie this, this week. I think he's, uh, he's going to face a real defense this week. I don't think he has yet. Uh, I think the magic runs out a little bit. Um, and I just think that the defense on that team is lost. So, like, you know, if Cousins in that offense is going in Minnesota, is going to turn around, this is the league to do it. Trust me when I tell you the Giants defense is bad.
1: Excellent. All right. With that, we'll go to the team that Minnesota played last week the Chicago Bears. Yeah, they're they're in London, giving five and a half to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, And Greg, you like the Bears in this one, despite the fact they're giving the points. Why?
2: I circled this at the beginning of the season to just make sure that I still like it. It's third straight road game for Oakland. They're coming off a big win last week on Indy. Uh, I think that was more Indy's defensive problems than really about Oakland doing well. I like betting against that situation. And the Bears look pretty good with... um, with Chase Daniels. So what do you think about that, Chris? I agree with everything he says, and I really like the Bears this week. Uh,
0: the Jaguars, uh, when they first started, the teams first started going to London, they did that, they went down, they took in the sights, they enjoyed London. And there's a reason why the Jaguars do this every year, and they've come down to a fine science of how they do it, and they, they've they been winning pretty much most of the games down there. So uh, I think they know what they're doing. First time the Raiders are down there, and uh, I think they're going to be distracted, just like Greg said.
1: I think that's a, that's a great take on that one, and I think you're getting the Raiders coming off a high of their win over Indy, and Indy was in that game so many times that they had a lot of chances and kept turning the ball over, and I also think that just travel schedule has been brutal. We mentioned that they came to the East Coast, went back to Oakland, then went back to Indy. Now they're traveling over to London. That schedule has is just, is just too much. I think it finally catches up with them this week, and I actually like the offense for Chicago better with Chase Daniels than with Michigan. I do, S. too. I, I do, too. I think he looks for Tariq Cohen a lot more, and I think Cohen is a game-changer for them out of the backfield. They have a, a rapport, and I, I think that they're actually going to be a little bit better uh, than went with Trubisky when he's in there. I think Trubisky is in there because they used a really high draft pick on him, and I don't know that the difference is enough that I would say, okay, I'll, I'll start Chase Daniels over him, but I think that it is... It is a, a slight upgrade uh, when he's in there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they blow out the Raiders in this one. All right, next game you guys wanted to talk about. Uh, Chris, you like the Bucks and the Saints. Tampa Bay traveling to New Orleans. New Orleans minus three. Bucks coming off that big win over the Rams outright as they hung double nickel on the reigning <laughs> NFC champs and the Saints coming off their primetime victory over the Dallas Cowboys in a in a defensive slobber knocker, a 12-10 game there down in the Big Easy. Uh, Chris, what do you like about the Saints? Uh, well,
0: first of all, the Saints opened up at 5.5, and, and I love them at 5.5, and, and now that they're down to 3.5, the last I saw on I love them even more. Um, the Saints last week— um, First of all, when Drew Brees went down, everybody's gut reaction was, "Okay, Teddy Bridgewater, Brees is going to be out about six weeks. Let's hope to go three and three and get Brees back." And I got to tell you, um, most teams, when a backup quarterback comes in, they just try and insert the backup quarterback into their into their into their plans. I love with what. Um, uh, Sean Payton did last week, and he didn't try to do the same things they always did. If you looked at that offense, it was completely different than what they did with Breeze. He geared it. He only had one week to plan, and he geared it to, to for what Teddy Bridgewater wanted to do. There were no big, deep shots downfield. There was no stuff up the seam. He did all intermediate stuff. Um, was he a game manager? I don't want to call him a game manager, but he didn't try to do stuff out of his realm. Um they took that Drew Brees quote unquote game plan out, put it in a Teddy Bridgewater game plan. Yep, they didn't get in the end zone, but they did enough to win. So, having a whole other week to plan with Teddy Bridgewater, and Sean Payton is a hell of a coach. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think he's going to do a little bit, even a little more this week to gear it around Teddy Bridgewater. I think maybe this week, he, with the extra week with Teddy, he puts in a couple of wrinkles now designed for Teddy. Um, and the Saints have been, the Buccaneers offense has been playing over their head. Um, and now they have to travel to New Orleans, which, uh, they haven't been that great, uh, against, uh, individual matchups and, uh, the Saints. Wait, um, I'm throwing the
1: challenge flag. flag. Hold on. I'm throwing the challenge flag. Didn't the Bucks beat the Saints in New Orleans last year to start the season? Oh yeah,
0: they did. But what I'm trying to say is that they're only... Uh, three and seven against the, in the divisional matchups they haven't fared well over the over the uh, over the sample size okay you know, i just anyway, want to make
1: sure though you know we got to make sure we're keeping you honest right
0: twice a day twice right twice a day joe um but anyway the uh the saints they've covered the spread in 13 straight games since 2005 wow um in, in uh, versus the saints uh, versus the bucks and they're uh 12 and one those are straight up that's straight up and they're twelve and one against the spread in those games. So how can you how can you go against those go against those numbers? Those, Wait, those say, say those
1: numbers. Say those numbers again because those are those are huge. So since October, okay, if you've been betting on the Saints in October since two
0: thousand fifteen, you got a couple of shekels in your pocket because since two thousand and fifteen, the Saints have covered straight thirteen straight games that they played in October, and in those games. They're 12-1 and one against the spread, 13 straight up. They've won all 13 games, and they're 12-1 and one against the spread in October games since 2015. Those are huge numbers, huge numbers. And like I said, I've been telling you the past couple weeks, when you get those mediocre numbers, yeah, they can go any way. But when you get numbers that are heavily favored in one way, there's a reason why they're heavily favored in one way. And, yeah, they can go south at any given time, but you got to go with the trend. So, like I said, if you've been betting the Saints – In October games of 2015, you've been making a pretty penny and I don't think it's going to change this week against the Bucs.
1: You know, I think that this is an interesting matchup because the Bucks definitely have exceeded expectations with that win against the Rams. And the fact that they hung 55 points uh, on LA, I think that makes them a really popular pick among the public because the public likes those, those offensive teams. They've been a very interesting team this season. Overall, they've got went to Carolina and got that win when Cam Newton was clearly hurt. They are in a tough game, uh, the opening week against, against the 49ers. So I, I think that the, and then obviously that loss to the John they really probably should be three and one right now, and you could make an argument they were really close to four and zero. Oh. Um, Greg, I'm, I'm curious, where's your evaluation just on the Bucks at this point this season?
2: Uh, on the Bucks, I see, I was thinking more about this handicap and I was thinking that Teddy Bridgewater must be one hell of an October quarterback <laughs> to have such good stats since 2015. Just playing. I, I totally agree with the Sean Payton. I, I love that he's changed up the game plan, let Kamara run with it a bunch more. Um, the Bucks are, I mean, they're a tricky team, uh, but when we're talking about, uh, coaching, right. I mean, obviously, um, coaching and why the heck is his name escaping? Bruce Arians. You know, it's the Arians. I, obviously, it's taken a little bit, right? But you know, that's that's a big deal. Um, what they just did with the the Rams. So, you know, I do think that finally having a good head coach to work with um our boy Jameis is you know something that could potentially be good for his career
1: I I, you know I I think that this one's going to be really interesting I think sometimes the hardest bets to make are the best bets to make and I think it's really hard to put the money on Teddy Bridgewater when he's the backup quarterback and he didn't look great right let's be honest he hasn't looked great in either of these two games uh against the Seahawks or against the, the Cowboys. So really interesting. But that usually means that that's a right play if it's if it's tough to put the money down. Um, so I, I think what's really most impressed me about the Saints this season has been the way their defense is played. Uh, I thought they looked great Sunday night, obviously, against the Cowboys. And I thought they were undermanned missing a bunch of players in that opening night against uh, Houston as well when they managed to come back and get that. So in the division game... And you know the other thing is a lot's being made about Jameis Winston and what he's done this season. The defense played a huge role for the Bucks in the turnovers that they forced. Let's not forget, the defense scored two of those touchdowns and set the offense up in good situations uh, a couple other times in that game. So while Jameis is getting a lot of credit for throwing those four touchdowns, he wasn't working against a lot uh, in that game when he did get the ball. And, and Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin there are have been uh, out of this world. should be an interesting matchup against that secondary. You know, Chris, I think I, I'm right now I'm going to lay off this one. If I do, I'll put the money on the— uh, on the Saints at home, but but I'm gonna have to look at this one a little bit more before I'm ready to commit. Um, with that being said, the Wingfoot Lock has been anything but, but we're gonna turn that around. We're gonna turn that around this week, uh, and we are going with the Dallas Cowboys giving three and a half as they host the Green Bay Packers. Chris, tell me why you're so big on the Cowboys this week. Well,
0: first of all, in regards to the Wingfoot Lock, okay. Even though we've been given uh, a less percentage of winners as we want, if you follow all our games on the podcast, you're absolutely making money Uh, because we've been doing great on the podcast. We've just been putting the hashtag, unfortunately, each week on the wrong game. (laughs) So stick with us on the podcast until we get back on track with the hashtag because overall, you're still making money. Having said that, all right, now we're on to the Cowboys. So. I want to go back to last week a second. When that line came out with the Cowboys last week against the Saints and the Cowboys came out as minus two and a half, that screamed screamed at me wrong line. Um, one of the angles I like to play when doing this is uh, sometimes lines pop off the page of you that uh, they're just wrong. They're skewed in one way or another. And usually when the line looks fishy, it's fishy you got to remember, people, Vegas do, does this for a living. Um, they're always going to know a little bit more than us, and they're in this to make money. They're not in this to lose money. Um, so when that line opened up at 2.5, what I said to myself was, it just came off three huge wins, the Cowboys. The offenses looked great. They put 30-plus points up in all those games. Granted, they didn't play any real team. But still, you are coming now to New Orleans, where you've won before, um, in, a, in, a, in an atmosphere that you've handled before against a backup quarterback, I personally thought that line should have been Cowboys minus four, maybe three and a half. The fact that it was two and a half told me something just wasn't right. And it, it, I proved my point because it wasn't right. They came in, <laughs> the, offense, the offense was shut down. The offensive line got stopped. I, again, that line told me everything I needed to know before that game started. And I'm in the same situation now because now the line opened up against the Packers, Cowboys minus four and a half. Now, as a guy who's been betting for a very long time, I'm saying to myself, okay, the Cowboys played three soft teams and put up 30-plus points. Now they play a decent team with a of quarterback, and they went stagnant. They lost to four field goals. So now you think, okay, here comes big, bad Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who've been able to stick the knife in the Cowboys, you know what, more than one time in the past few years. And... They're opening up as four and a half point favorites. I mean, I don't know how that how that can be. That's a wrong line, and and it, 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 and the betters are telling you it's a wrong line because it's already down to three and a half, which tells me that Vegas wants you to jump on the pack. They want you to see that and, and did, they like to go with the general public, the general better, and they like you to take that first initial reaction and jump on it without doing the research and without thinking. Once you do the research and you think. That's when you're geared towards the Cowboys, and this is why. The Cowboys are 9-1 straight up and 6-3 at home against the spread in their last 10 games at home. And the glaring stat that personally I didn't know, the Packers are 1-9 straight up. 1-9, 3-6-1 against the spread as road dogs in their last 10 games. Those are big numbers that I did not know, and the Packer team is not any better now than it's been in the last 10 games. It's actually worse now. They're receiving is non-existent, and this, for these reasons is
1: why I'm confident this week in putting the hashtag on the wing foot lock with the out Lock it up," he says. All right, so I just for the audience out there, I just want to explain the Jedi mind trick that Chris just pulled on you, and and how he's uh, out, he's he's playing chess with the bookmakers at Vegas. He's he's Bobby Fishering it over here. So he says they want you to think with the initial line to go and play the Packers. You gotta take the Packers plus four and a half. But when that got bet down, he's saying that that was a fishy line. It shouldn't have been that high. And now they jumped at the bait. They moved the line down, and so you are getting a deal with the Cowboys plus three and a half right now. Uh, Greg, Greg, before before I weigh in, go ahead. What what are your thoughts on this one?
2: It's uh, Devonte Adams. I don't know if he's playing. I think that's significant. Uh, Christmas saying before Gallup is coming back, right? So Dallas is getting a little healthy. Bay is getting. A Um, So from that side of things, you know, I don't put a ton of value in the wide receiver spot. I'm going to enjoy the game. Don't have a a feel either way. I'm not reading the tea leaves like uh, Chris is with the line moves and everything like that. So I'm good with it. I like it. I think it's a good selection. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to root any certain way but I like the pick
1: alright before before we go any further let me give you uh, some credit here so ladies and gentlemen if you're listening at home and it was probably around maybe 7.45 uh, a week ago on Thursday uh, Chris and, and I in our group text message got a, a cryptic text from one Gregory Hoyle telling us Eagles outright get on it get on it get wet <laughs> This is the pick of the week. About halfway through the game, no, not even, maybe about halfway through the second quarter, we get another text message saying, No chance Eagles win this game outright. And then in the morning, we get a text message. 0%. There was, right, there was a 0% chance. So not even, not even, you're saying there's a chance, dumb and dumber style, 0% chance the Eagles win the game outright. And then in the morning, we get a text message, never a doubt. Never a doubt.
2: (laughs) Never a doubt, my friend.
1: Oh, man. I have to say that that had I not been uh, uh, tied up at the time, I I would have been on there with you and probably would have been going through the same roller coaster because it's not every day you get a text message that says jump on this right now. And then Aaron Rodgers can't score twice, twice from the three-yard line. Uh and, and the Eagles somehow win. And they win outright and Greg Hoyle was on it. So uh I, I come away from that game thinking that one, their defense, the Packers defense isn't as good as we had had thought in the first couple weeks. I think they played uh some teams obviously we've seen Minnesota's offense struggle lately. We know Denver's offense has been nothing. Uh, Chicago's offense hasn't done anything to wow you, even when they put up 31 points, that was off five turnovers from Washington. So they hadn't played a really good offensive team this season. Yes, they have Aaron Rodgers, but he hasn't done much offensively this season, and now you're taking away his best weapon in Devontae Adams, who was having a great night against the Eagles before he went down. And I think that this could be a real struggle for Green Bay. Also, if you remember, Dak, in his first playoff, against the Packers, was dueling with Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's probably a little bit of Dak that wants to best Aaron Rodgers out there. You mentioned Gallup coming back. That was a big thing for me. I, I think you could clearly see they missed him uh, against the Saints, and I think that played a big role. And, Chris, I'm I'm all aboard with the Dallas Cowboys this week for the wing-foot lock. Take him at three and, and a half. Just let me throw one little
0: nugget in there, Joe. Go ahead. Uh, don't, don't take lightly um, – guys who go to new teams who want to beat their old team. I think you're going to get a big game out of Randall Cobb this week. I think he wants to beat his own team. Uh, I think he, they're going to be motivated to get a win for Cobb. Um, and again, last week when Cooper couldn't get open and Cooper was having his problems, there wasn't another outlet. Gallup has been putting up big numbers. And I think it's going to make a big difference. I think the Cowboys are going to have a good win this week.
1: Did you say When you said one more kernel, Right, you were thinking of, of a kernel of corn for corn on the Cobb. I actually said one more nugget. Oh, you know, oh, oh, All right. Maybe that was just my head. Damn, I was I was trying to give you the credit there. That was that that was where my <laughs> head went. I love it. Listen, on that note, gentlemen, uh, I will review one more time and let me see if I can do this because a couple picks this week for us. Uh, Christopher Portente likes the Pats laying 15 and a half as they head to Washington to play to take on the Redskins. Greg Hoyle likes the under in that game of 43. Uh, We are all on the Chicago Bears laying five and a half as they head to London to take on the Oakland Raiders. Chris is on the Saints minus three as they play host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we are all on the Arizona Cardinals plus three and a half as they head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And the wing foot lock of the week this week, the Dallas Cowboys minus three and a half as they host the Green Bay Packers don't forget to follow Greg. He's picking. Greg, what are you picking this year? 60 what?
2: We're at, we're at 60, 63% and hashtag according to Hoyle. Things happen late. Follow the hashtag according to Hoyle uh, right up into game time because if something happens late I'm, and I'm putting it out there on, on a tweet, that means I like it and I'm on it.
1: Awesome. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Wingfoot Foot Locks. Nothing but winners this week as we are going to propel into quarter number two of the NFL season. For Chris Portente, Greg Hoyle, and Joe Massiri, that's me. Thanks for listening, everybody, and remember, until next time, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week, everybody.